There's so much beauty and joy and freedom in finding that devotional life. The devil works hard to make sure that we are not fully authentic friends, so it takes work, it takes sweat. If you're just going to sit there and sob about the circumstances that you're in, nothing's going to change. The practice of our faith is a daily thing. The natural order of relationships are towards chaos, disrespect. But Christ absorbs it and returns that with love. When we face suffering, we want to like, we want to fight. We want to just lash out at the world because we're in so much pain. Your life is not your own to do with what you please. It was bought and paid for by Jesus on the cross. You actually do not have the right to do whatever you want to do. Oh my gosh, this is going to be a mess. Welcome back to the Armor of Light podcast. My name is Brady and joined as always uh, with James here. Unfortunately, today we are not joined by uh, Jerry, the the meatball Someone ate the meatball, and we uh, he couldn't make it today. So, just James and uh, James and myself, and we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Caleb. He's here to talk to us about music in the Catholic faith, music in general, uh, its place in praise and worship, and just some personal experience with how music has transformed our our understanding of prayer and uh, its history in the church. And yeah, we're very excited to to dive right in. So we'll get right to it. The question is, if a tree falls in the forest and it doesn't make a sound, is it really a tree? I like, so like, I looked at the question today and it was like letting it ruminate in my mind. And I was like, how do we know there's a sound? That's the mm, question I had. Yes. I'm okay. Glad you took can you repeat way. the question? If a tree falls in the forest... And it doesn't make a sound. Oh, wait. I interpreted it. Is it really a tree? No, I'm with you, actually. So if I were to see a tree fall and it didn't make a sound, I wouldn't think to myself, oh, that must not be a tree. <laughs> I would think, oh, I've gone deaf. Or like, oh, like the wind carried the sound away. Or like, you know, there's other explanations. Mm-hmm. I feel like the sound of a tree falling is not like that that not being the case isn't sufficient for me to question whether it's a tree or not i feel like the visuals alone confirm that it's a tree i would question it so i think a sound a falling tree has to make a sound whether someone is there okay so you're saying it it doesn't make a sound or we didn't hear a question correctly i don't know that's not the typical question i know it's not the typical question i think i asked it correctly okay so, I so think you're saying it, it falling, does not make a sound. It does not make a sound. Why didn't it make a sound? Because it, I would say because it's not a tree. See, like, I don't know why I was so fixated, and I probably just interpreted it a different way, but it was like, what? what is the sound? Mm, I asked the question wrong. Oh. If a tree falls in the forest and no one is there to hear it, is it really a tree? That's, that's because, why I was like... That's the normal one. Well, no, the normal question is, if a tree falls in the fo- forest and no one is there to hear it, did it make a sound? Right? Isn't that the normal oh, I see. question? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my question was, was like, what is the sound? Yeah, mm-hmm. what sound happened? It was like a chicken? Like it falls and it's like, what? Like what? Ha- or just nothing. I don't know. It could be silent. As, if it's silent, then I, I don't think it's a tree. 
Because I think a sound is independent of whether someone's there to hear it. I don't think this is... It's not a circular definition, but I feel like there's something circular about the claim. Like, if a tree fell, is it a tree? It's like, well, the condition of falling and not making a sound applies to the tree. So, or whatever you're calling a tree, right? So, if it was... If a thing fell and made a sound, is it a tree? Is it a tree? (laughs) You know, but it's like in the statement, you're already claiming it is a tree. So does a lack of sound take away its treeness? <laughs> I think for me, how I'm interpreting it is like, if there's no tree and there's no sound, or if like, there's no witness, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So then what is it even? Oh, is it? Okay, this could get really like Thomistic right here. Yeah. Can a thing exist outside of someone's perception of the thing? Mm. That's that's what was. I'm. I should probably not say this, um, but like this was bugging me during mass, <laughs> like today. This question, yes. <laughs> but the idea of like, is there even a thing there? Uh huh. There's a part. Oh, there's, this is... there's a part of unfortunately the readings that I toned out with, and I was like, wait a minute, what? What? Yeah. Is it? This is right up St. Thomas's alley. So I think that, I think yes, the like the Thomistic answer, I believe, would be yes. There is a thing, because what you apprehend isn't the like the physical object itself. Like that's in the world. What you apprehend is its like its essence and its form. That's like what like if you think of a dog in your head, think of dog. You don't. There's not a dog in your mind. It's not rolling yeah. around in there like you know it's not mm-hmm. a, it's not a dog but dogness is what you are apprehending and so when we see a tree the fact that we call it a tree and recognize it as such means we have an understanding or an apprehension of treeness or whatever it is to be a tree yes it's not that we have a tree in our mind or that that tree exists only in our mind or that we made it up in the first place right and even if we didn't apprehend it, it'd still it's be a, still tree. a tree. It still exists and have all the characteristics of a tree. We might not call it a tree. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how I missed that uh, in the notes. Would not be a conversation of dudes just overanalyzing anything. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be. Us. We'd never do that. And, uh, that's so funny. And that is on Iowa State University of Science and Technology, baby. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, well, (laughs) listeners, if you have a different answer than us, if you think a thing is not a thing, if no one is there to apprehend it, please leave a a comment. (laughs) (laughs) Are you done with all of Come Awake stuff? Yeah. Um, Yes. There's some things like we're trying to plan for next year, um, but that is happening in things. But I think we're going to try to just do some like worship stuff this next week with finals because no one has classes. So we're like, let's just get together and play some music. So that'll be sweet. I'll come to that. Yeah. I saw Emily sent a message tonight they're playing up there. Yeah. I think um, we opened up rehearsals just for everyone um, after we came back from Ohio. I feel like. We'll touch on my Ohio trip because it kind of is like going to be the catalyst of like a majority of this conversation probably. Um, 
but like after that we just started inviting anyone anyone everyone can come to rehearsals like let's just sing some songs doesn't have to be anything specific so yeah sorry i'm like totally geeking out over this thing <laughs> no that's awesome <laughs> this is so cool <laughs> so do you want to tell us about your ohio trip then yeah i guess i can um i think like okay this is like where caleb starts talking in circles a whole bunch but um what was super cool i think we need some context um so my family is moving soon brady knows this because he lives with me and i've just been talking about a whole bunch this semester um but all during like spring break i was either looking for apartments in saint paul or was packing my entire house basically um and like i'm super super thankful that like we we now have a place that my pl- they're planning to move to colorado it's going to be beautiful i'm super excited for them um but there's just a lot going on um and then friday um of spring break came back to ames and we got the entire band together and then got some friends um to go to ohio it was like 12 hours one way to this like basically i don't want to call mill nowhere but i was like it's in the woods it's pretty reserved like it's outside the city um this place called damascus where they do summer retreats um, for like youth. Um, and it's just really, really cool. And kind of their whole thing is like free form and like charismatic like worship um, where there isn't like necessarily a song. It can be, um, they, it's cool because they call them trampolines where it's like you design a set list of songs, but like realistically you don't have to do all of them. There's not just because it's like a set list doesn't mean it's a set list. I guess if that makes sense, um, they call it a trampoline where it can bounce from song to song and have like spontaneity into it. Um, it's like going into it. Like I knew what it was going to be like, but I didn't like, you never know until you just experience just, it was completely free. It was just very, it's unlike anything I've ever experienced before where it wasn't just a song. Um, like they changed it into like, it was actually prayer like the entire time, but it was just like this allowing yourself to just be like totally encapsulated by the Holy spirit. Um, and just moved however your body felt like it needed to. Um, it was just super, super cool. But the whole weekend was like one massive worship session sprinkled in with talks. Um, so it was like Saturday through, or was it, I think it was like Friday night to Sunday morning. Um, and then there was still time for like typical retreat things where they do games and they do adoration and all these things. It was, it was just really cool. Um, Damascus whole thing, the whole weekend was like, we want this to be a space for worship lovers and like, and worship leaders. Um, so it wasn't just like, you're going to come here. We're going to show you how to play the guitar and sing about Jesus. It was like, let's just gather because we all love music. Um, and that was just super appealing to me, but what was cool for us as a band was to like experience that, um, just because I think, um, for a majority of this year, we didn't necessarily know where the direction was going to go with us. Um, and I think along there's just, at least from my experience with, with being in, in a worship band, um, you, you always struggle with the issue of like being and making things a performance, if that makes sense. Um, and that's a personal struggle that I've had for a really long time. Um, just I guess we can talk about other upbringings that I've had later, but um, it was it was the first time where it's just it flipped the switch from I'm going to play these songs for people and hopefully someone can get something out of it into let's invite the Holy Spirit and whatever He wants to do is what's going to happen, and I think that was just super super beautiful to experience that interpersonally, but then also to like see that everywhere around me with everyone that was there, um, and I think there was like 
over 100 people there, and they were pretty much all young adults, either in college or, like, just graduated. Um, some were missionaries from other places, which is super, super cool to see. So, like, some people that I met at Seek this year were, like, there too. And I was like, oh, cool. So we got to, like, catch up and talk about life and just talk about our love for music. And it was it was just really, really cool. Um, but what it did for us as a band, it's just, like, one, like – taking a 12-hour car ride anywhere, you're going to bond. <laughs> like, whether whether you want to or not, in which, like, we all did. So it was, it was a beautiful thing in itself. Um, but what was just super cool was just seeing how we transitioned from let's just get together once a week and sing some songs versus, like, let's use this as a prayer and, like, let's grow from this. Um, it was just super, super beautiful. Um, yeah. I'm probably going to mention it like over and over and over because it was just super impactful for me, especially this semester. It was just super important. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That was very cool. Yes, big things tend to happen to people on their way to Damascus. So, <laughs> uh, yes, and that, I feel like that's that's the intention. It has been cool actually recently with just with like going to daily mass. Like some of the readings have meant have like dropped the name recently. It was like eight. <laughs> so yeah, that I think the name is very intentional mm-hmm. for for what they do. So a couple of times you talked about um, switching, uh, flipping a switch. Yeah, from. Uh, just music and turning that into a prayer. Yeah. I guess I'll be fully transparent. I'm fairly skeptical of the whole right. uh, like charismatic movement yeah. and the whole uh, just let your body kind of like take control. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, for someone that is, such as myself, kind of skeptical of the using um, music as a form of of prayer or maybe even using the word worship when talking about right. music, uh, can you kind of explain what distinguishes pure music and prayer? Mm. See, this is, this is where it gets tricky for me because I myself was, a, was like, if we want to use the word skeptic. Um, although, like, growing up, I always, like, music's been everything for me. Um, and I think what really started, like, making changes in my own faith was, like, being able to implement them both. Was, like, having having a relationship with Jesus, but also like being able to like play my guitar and just like sing songs to him. Um, I think that, that was also, that was always something that I valued. Um, it's not something that I really picked up on probably until I was like in like 10th grade. Um, but like that, that, I don't know, I don't know if there's a, a distinct like separating prayer and music, um, because I've just learned so much to like use them both in the same sense, but that doesn't mean I can't, you know, go and like listen to, I don't know, a classic rock song on the, on in my free time and just like enjoy that as a piece of music. I think there is a set, there's definitely a separation there. Cause you're not going to play that in a liturgical setting, mm-hmm. but I mean, unless like, you know, you hear some Boston playing through the sanctuary sometime. I mean, like, I mean, probably, <laughs> it probably wouldn't be the best thing in the world, but I don't know. Um, I think, I think there's a hard, I don't know if there's a definite line, but and there's there's a there's a lot of ways to interpret it too. I guess it's it's hard for me to to make that distinction, but like there's definitely like maybe maybe it's in the subject matter, um, and maybe it's in um, where your heart is at with it, if that makes sense, or like intentions with the music. Um, if the intention is at least, I guess taking again from personal experience, it's like if I use this song as a prayer. Oftentimes, I'm not going to just have it be about nothing. Or um, if I'm going to sing a song, let's just say, like, I'm performing for choir. Like, 
yes, we may like sing like secular pieces, but then I wouldn't sing that in mass. But on the flip side, I've also, you know, if you sing for mass, oftentimes you're singing pieces that are like going to glorify God. Um, so I think like trying to first, like finding that distinction of like where your intention of your heart's at, but then also to like, um, the subject matter of the, of the music. I think that at least in my head, that's what makes the difference. I don't know if that makes any sense or not. No, yeah, that, that um, definitely <laughs> makes sense. I don't know if I fully uh, even know what my own opinion is right. uh, on this. So I guess I'll just try to beat around the bush and see if I can form- yeah. formulate <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, my argument. Yeah. So I guess with music, it tends to conjure up your emotions mm-hmm. uh, very well. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me our emotions can oftentimes cloud our intellect. And I think prayer is an inherently intellectual it right. is an act of the will, mm. I guess. So if our emotions are um, impeding our intellect, then we're not acting, we're not acting in accord with our intellect. Mm. So I guess I'm not saying emotion is inherently bad. Yeah. I think it's inherently neutral. Right. But it can kind of bleed into yeah. um, making things about ourselves and not actually oh, true worship. Absolutely. I totally agree. And I think that's where like, that's been the struggle for me this year is trying to find that balance of like, am I using this, you know, time with the bands or just in personal in my own time to like actually use like this music to glorify God? Or am I, you know, in a sense glorifying myself um, or trying to get something out of it? And I think that was a huge part of the retreat was like, um, I've never called upon the Holy Spirit like more in my entire life than that weekend. And it just completely, and that's what like completely changed um, how I viewed worship um, where we just like invited the Holy Spirit to move us. And it was almost like a sub- submitting to um, whatever was in that room at the time. Um, sometimes it can just be like, let's just casually play a song um, of just praise and thanksgiving. Um, or it can be like, Holy Spirit's in the room and he's just getting us all fired up. We're going to do like jumping jacks while we're, you know, singing a worship song. Um, and it, and it looks so goofy from like an outside looking in perspective. Um, when you're in the moment, um, it just feels, it, it, I guess it does like help rely heavily on emotion, I suppose. Um, but it, I guess with my personal experience, I've never, I've never experienced that in a negative sense, I guess. Um, but that, I, I think that's just because also of my upbringing, um, just because I didn't have anything, any formal like formation growing up as a kid. Um, and I was always, my family's always just huge in music and it just like bled into every aspect of my life. And so when I found that, that part where I could use music as a prayer, I just ran with it and I haven't stopped since. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also like it's trying, trying to bring that back into, into a more like, traditional sense with like the mass obviously like there are there are there are separations that we can have and there's like a there's like a line to i don't always necessarily say a line to draw but like i'm not going to be bouncing up and down in mass just because i'm like in jubilation i think there's a time for that um but i also i also think that there is there is still something to be like reverent about um but in in that it's this whole like kind of limbo state of like what is um, what is reverent? Um, and that, that's what gets that, that's this like weird gray area that I'm still trying to like experience. Um, 
and there's been difficulties in that, but a lot of it comes from just interpersonal, like how am I perceiving this situation? Um, yeah. So what do you think it is about certain types of music that make it more reverent? Because without giving it overly too much thought, right? like an organ and a choir yeah. and like monks in the back just mm-hmm. seem like more like yes. a musical experience fit for the mass. Whereas I probably wouldn't want to see like, I don't know, modern instruments right. or the electric guitar and a slideshow. Yeah. Electric guitar, <laughs> yeah. a slideshow, like, right. You know, which certain drums probably not right. acceptable, which I want to say like for the record, like is not a bad thing. Um, it just, it should be maybe maybe it needs to look different into in certain aspects um but there is something to like this is like something that i i read it was also in um the video i watched recently um that you know the organ was once not an instrument um and gregorian chants were not um a thing at one point but we were still worshiping um the lord um and so like through time we've evolved into like what our music looks like um, and like, and, and it's, again, it's that gray area of reverence and how it's like expanded through like these past 2000 years and how it's like looked different for the church. Well, I'm still a huge fan of Gregorian chants in like having the organ and mass. I think there's nothing more beautiful than that. Um, maybe it's, maybe it's a completely different conversation of like, when will, you know, having more electronic instruments or more digitalized things actually be able to be utilized in a mass and how can they be used in in like settings that are going to glorify god instead of just become a performance in themselves um that's something i was thinking about today actually and i think that that concept is just super interesting that is interesting i would assume a long time in the future right but you never know because um on one side of the argument you know there were people who were strongly against the organ and now today we're like because it was too modern or right and, and now we're like yeah. it's beautiful like we wouldn't want anything else um but that's exactly what you know kind of this conversation is too it's just like what is what's the next organ gonna be mm-hmm. um which is kind of exciting to think about but also terrifying because it's like oh my gosh it means the church is gonna change again <laughs> and that's yeah. terrifying for all of us <laughs> which is cool like thing. you need that like that liberal spirit, and I don't mean that like pejoratively or right. politically. It's yeah. like there's a progressive, mm-hmm. like changing, pushing the boundary, and then there's yeah. also a conservative side of things. And like any organization needs that, right? Like, like if you don't have both, you're you're dead Absolutely. in the water. There needs to be a balance. So it's yeah, it's cool to see where that progressive or like where prog- uh, progress has broken mm-hmm. through. Yeah, and certainly in music. Yeah. All right, so my rad trad side will come out now. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> So I'm very against any sort of like electronic, uh, I don't know, music in mass. And maybe that's because I've always grown up with it. And I feel like I never experienced the organ mm. the same way our, the older generations have. So yeah. I have that feeling of like you took something from us that was absolutely right. beautiful. And even if we are progressing to something, I still want to experience the thing that we progressed from. Right. And I feel like we completely have lost that hmm. um and maybe that's just because completely reluctant to change but i don't know i just think there's something objectively more beautiful about the organ than our current uh, digital i don't think you're against change i think you do want change when you see if you were to go to mass and see an electric guitar and a band you'd be like this is nothing different than what's on the radio right now 
But yeah. when it's the yeah. organ and the choir, you're like, okay, something's different here. Mm, yeah. Some yeah. the space I just mm-hmm. entered is not like the space I just exited yeah. outside these church walls. Okay. Like something's different. So I would push back that you don't like change. I think it's just perhaps the change that you want is what we used to do. Right. Okay. Which I kind of also agree yeah. with. So. Yeah. I guess it comes from kind of my um, frustration that nothing is seen as sacred anymore. Mm. Like if there mm. is an electric guitar at mass, I'm thinking like, okay, then this place is no different than right. song on the radio that I just saw, but I want this place to be different because it mm. is. So we should treat it differently. And the organ isn't a uh, um, instrument that we hear on the radio all the time. So when I hear right. an organ, I inherently think of mass. Right. Yeah. And in like, there's, there's another like side to that conversation too of like not every parish is gonna have these things. Um, in like, I don't want to just say it's easy as just go find another parish because like, no, that's that's not solving anything. But I think there are there are places around the world that still like embrace like traditional instruments, but can still be able to implement new things too. Um, it's more of an adaption than it is. Um, uh, making a complete change. Cause I think, I feel like that's maybe I'm speaking out of place here and I don't want this to become heretical, but I feel like that's what the church has almost done throughout the years. It's like, it's taken the, the beautiful roots that we have and we just have just adopted to like things today. Um, but not veering too much on adoption because there's a, there's a, there's a fine line there, but, um, but yeah, that's just a thought that popped in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I think you're right. I guess, the uh, caveat I would make to any change is it needs to be clear that this is being done in a sacred manner. It right. should be done Absolutely. in a way that does set the mass apart from Absolutely. anything else we ever do. Absolutely. And yeah. So no, no, I totally agree. And I think like the, the, the thing about like, you know, maybe, I don't know if we want to call it like a new age of worship. I don't know. Um, on the charismatic things. It's like all of it is for the glory of God at the end of the day. I think that is, that is the end. That's the end goal um, is to glorify him and to glorify his name. I mean, like the more people that we can bring to, to be able to celebrate that, like that's, that, that's just, that can be beautiful. Um, And and I'm not sure what that would look like for a mass setting. Um, I like, that's something that I constantly struggle with, but because I also like have that separation. Like when I think charismatic worship, I don't think doing it in mass. Um, I think there can be like, if that's what the Holy Spirit wants in a given situation with a certain group of people and where you're at, then like maybe that's what happens. But oftentimes for me, it's just like, I like having the separation of like, I, I would like to go to mass and sing like the classic hymns and the Psalms and all these beautiful things. Um, but like, there's also a part of me that like, I love going to concerts and I love music and I love like being able to like bring in the, the aspect, like the, the liveness that a, that a concert has, but like using that for the glory of God. And I think there's something that is so beautiful with that. Um, and I think that's why I've just been like absolutely running towards this, this style of worship. And I just, abs- I just can't get enough of it. So, um, yeah, like my first concert when I was like seven years old and it was Nickelback show. It was great. <laughs> but like, and I haven't stopped going to them since. Like I went to, I mean, I'm not proud of it, but I like, I went to a record high, like last fall of them. And it just like, I just love live music. Um, but like, what I think you're a little proud. Yeah, I, no, <laughs> I definitely am. Like there was a part of the semester where I was like, oh my gosh, I'm never home. I'm doing this just for myself. But that's a whole different conversation that we're not going to get into. Um, but like, I just love music so much and to be able to like have it centered in Christ, um, especially it was just game changing. Um, 
this during the spring break at that retreat. Um, it just completely set my eyes a different way to, to I mean, to the point to where I was almost like listening to music different um, and, you know, listening to like, is what I'm in, injecting myself with? Like, is this, is this something that it's actually going to glorify him? Or is it like, should I maybe like change my listening habits and things like that, which is hard to do. Um, but yeah. Sweet. So James, do you think, um, people like people like you or who have your similar opinions, are you like opposed to having both of these kind of worships, forms of worship in the church? No, like I could go to mass on Sunday and then turn around and like go to this praise and worship thing also offered by the church. Mm-hmm. No, I think both of those are awesome. Like the fact that we have kind of come awake here at, uh, I guess I'll say St. Thomas. We've already name dropped St. Thomas before. <laughs> <You> um, <know. laughs> so yeah, the fact that we have come awake, I think is awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess it, people with my opinion are only, if we're going to use the term <laughs> skepticism, right. is that that shouldn't be the end. Yeah. Um, I guess I'd say it's kind of like surface level. That should be the gateway mm. to get people in. Mm. And then ultimately the celebration of the sacrifice of the mass is the, right. is the culmination of the faith. But Come Awake is awesome that it brings people in. And I love listening to the music at Come Awake yeah. too. Like I'm not opposed to praise and worship music um, yeah. that, as a blanket statement. Mm-hmm. But I think if people think that the feelings that they get at Come Awake that is equivalent with um, like true worship. I don't know if that's if that's correct. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like praise and worship music as a as an invitation yeah. into into more uh, fuller worship. Because I know people that have gone to the mass where there's an organ, there's chant. It's the first time they've gone to mass in a very long time, and they were kind of put off by it. Like they thought this thing is completely foreign to me. Um, and I don't know if they've returned to Mass since then, just because mm-hmm. it was so different. They couldn't mm-hmm. comprehend anything that was going on. So, yeah, I think both forms are very useful, um, but I don't think they're equivalent. Sure. Yeah, I like what you said about the invitation. Like, perhaps things like Come Awake or these Prasian worships are only as good as they serve as an invitation to the higher form of worship, the Mass. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, I don't want to even say I agree to an extent too, because I do agree. Um, cause I think there is a difference. Like <laughs> we're not receiving the Eucharist during, during worship. Like, well, at least during like a praise and worship night, um, mm-hmm. maybe earlier in the day and that's something to be celebrated. Um, but it, again, it's, it's that whole d- distinction of like, I think a good majority of, of worship songs that I that I you know the, the classics that we we can just name thousands of them maybe not thousands but a, a good a good amount that like anyone can think of um, are like yes they're talking about Jesus but it's not in like a mass setting if that makes sense um, and I think that's the difference um, at least what I what I, I just a lot of this is just coming from personal experience um, but I think like if we're in like a worship night, oftentimes like there's a, maybe there's like a certain topic that we need to touch on. Um, and it, maybe it can be like somewhat mass related in a sense, or it's like, we're talking about, um, certain topics, but like most of the time, like, instead of just like, let's just sing a happy song and get everyone excited. Like 
instead, like, let's sing a song about Jesus. Like, how can we glorify his name further outside the mass? Um, and that can just bring a whole plethora of conversations and lyrics. And um, I think for so long, at least last year, um, I should say, this be 2021, like fall, so like two falls ago, um, when I had first um, joined like a worship band, I was just like, let's just play some songs and have some fun. Um, which I don't, I don't think is a bad thing, um, but it's all about perspective, um, especially interpersonal. Um, and if you're, you're just playing songs just to play songs, then I'd, at least in a worship setting, then there's no point in doing it, in my opinion. Um, but what I've learned <laughs> this year, um, that there's nothing, personally, me as a musician who has grown up like with just this burning passion for music um, and came from like not a very traditional background, um, like just being able to use that as like a prayer um, and just like having specifically choosing specific songs with like specific words um, where it's like invoking the Holy Spirit, invoking the Holy Trinity as much as we can and just asking them to be there with us. Um, it can almost get, I don't want to say as close as it can to a mass because it's like the whole, everyone in the Holy Family is there. All the saints are there. Like everybody's there at the mass. Um, but also like they're always with us too. Um, so there's something to be said about like, um, let's invite the Holy Spirit to just like come down and jam with us too. Um, and there's like songs that we've done this year that are like purposely, intentionally like, like Holy Spirit come, like, like Father, Abba, Father, come, like Jesus, come, like be here with us. Um, and there's something that is so beautiful, just like being able to invite people to, to sing those too. And just like, it can just, there does like a, this feeling that's like, I don't know, it's just different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, that's like what I've experienced this year. Um, and the trying to discern that from like, how can we make this separate from mass, but then also like still be able to use it as a powerful prayer. Cause um, I can't remember who said it and someone will probably come up to me eventually and say who it was, but like, it's been documented like prayer or like singing is praying twice. I, I can't remember who said it, but, um, and I think there's something that is so powerful about that. Um, it's just being able to lift whatever the emotion is in song. Um, I just think it feel like it extends it to to a degree. And I think that's also why we still have mass, like music in mass, because it lifts up the mass even further. Um, but we're still very specific about word choice. Um, and I think that's what I've learned this year about worship itself, is that if we're not intentional with word choice, then it, it can it can get down these little, these gray areas of like, are we actually doing this for, for the glory of God or are we doing this for ourselves or whatever other thing, mm-hmm. avenue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. A couple days ago after uh, daily mass, some woman came up to me. I'd never seen her before. Yeah. She was smiling, like one of the biggest smiles I'd ever seen. And she goes, man, I just want to go sing out in the street. It's so great to receive the body of Christ. That's so beautiful. And it was awesome. And she recognized that singing, like she wouldn't, she just didn't want to go out in the street and tell people Mm -hmm. about how Mm -hmm. great God is. She wanted to sing about how great God is. Right. And that kind of took me aback. So I'm like, okay, okay, song does actually, does <laughs> right. elevate us. Right. I yeah. think there, there's something about like that spontaneous jubilation that can come from like, maybe just like right after receiving the Eucharist that is just so beautiful. It just makes us want to burst out in song. Um, but it goes back to that conversation again of like, there used to not be Gregorian chants. There used to not be organs. There used to not be these things. So it's like, what, what would we do? Um, and so, I don't know, 
I, I read a little bit today just about what King David had done um, and how, oh, I should, I don't want to get this. I mean, I do, don't get me wrong, but I don't want to misspeak. Um, but I was reading just about how, yeah, so in First Chronicles 16 and 4, it just talked about how, was it here? Yeah, First Chronicles uh, 16, 4. Um, this is talking about how King David was like appointing um, people. Um, so it says, moreover, he appointed certain, certain uh, Levites as ministers before the ark of the Lord um, to invoke, thank, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. And it has few names that I am going to butcher, so I'm not even tempted to name. Um, but people were sent to play harps, lyres, and cymbals, and all of these things. Um, but I just think like that's like one of the first evidence, especially even in the Old Testament, of like we're so excited and fired up about God that we're going to get out instruments and just like make song. And David sent out like 4,000 people to do this. Um, and I think there's something that's so beautiful, even from like one of the founding fathers of the church to just be like, this is great. This is, let's have jubilation. Let's make music. Um, but I don't know if that was necessarily in a mass sitting and I can't speak on that. But um, I think there's something that is so cool. Like even back in like thousands of years ago, like there was, there was that spontaneity that happened. Um, just like this woman was experiencing. She's like, I'm so pumped up that I just got to receive God. Like how beautiful is that? Um, and I feel like that's, that's the, that's the atmosphere that we try to create with like more spontaneous worship. It's trying to get into that setting of like, how, how awesome is our God? Let's sing about him. Um, but not, I guess that can be taken in cheesy ways, but like, and it is cheesy to an extent, but like, if you just ham it up, it's so fun. <laughs> like, Add a little ham to the cheese. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's just so beautiful to, to be able to have those experiences too. So Maybe we can talk a little bit about the different postures that people have mm. um, when praising. Because when I was kind of on my way, on my way back home to the Catholic Church, I spent several years um, doing like praise and worship at a Protestant church. Um, you know, praise God for them because I probably wouldn't be here without them. But that's that's like all they did. That's all they did was was praise and worship. I talk more praise and worship and. That was the first time I'd ever seen people like one be excited about Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then two, yeah, they had their hands up. They had they were like eyes closed and kind of swaying, really just yeah, moving with the music. Mm-hmm. And it took me a long time to one stop judging everyone. Yeah, and because yeah, that's the first thing yep. that needs to yep. go. Yep. And then two, being brave enough to do it myself. Mm-hmm. And what I found was. And a very positive experience because precisely because I do feel uncomfy, like putting my arms out and having this weird position, that's precisely why I should do it because it makes me vulnerable and it allows me to like surrender my pride Mm. in this situation and just, and just like speak or sing to the Lord. Okay. Yes. I love that. There's a thought there, James. There was a thought. So... (laughs) I don't even know if I agree with this thought, but okay. if the swaying, if you started swaying and raising your arms and things like that, and you were uncomfortable doing it at first, didn't that distract you from uh, worship? If you, because you were kind of 
you were kind of looking inward mm-hmm. at your own comfort in that right. situation. Right. And, I, and that's precisely because I was looking at inward that I wasn't moving. Because your body does want to move. When you hear music, you want to move. But you have to stay there stiff like a board with a stick up your butt and like not move anything. And so, no offense to anyone with a stick up your butt. <laughs> but Offense taken. <laughs> but like truly just letting, like if you just let yourself go, you'll, you'll move. And so it's precisely because I was focusing on myself that I wasn't moving. Because once I did, I was free to, to not think about me. Okay, that's, just that's interesting. just focus on praising the Lord. Okay, go ahead, Caleb. I, I see got, you have something. I got to something. Say. <laughs> yeah. Go um, so this is like taking directly from the, catech- the catechism. Catech- catechism, mm-hmm. hard words. Um, this is uh, paragraph two ninety seven. Um, it's talking about adoration in the sense of like worship, um, and I'm not trying to like strain the words to like make it sound a certain way but um it just kind of like made me think of what you were just talking about brady um so is it verse Um, (laughs) 14 (laughs) um uh the worship of the one god sets man free from turning in on himself from the slavery of sin the ideology of the world um and i think like talking about like freedom in that sense is just like not caring about what other people are going to think. Um, uh, I think there's something that that are so beautiful about having that realization of like, what are these crazy people doing? Like they're doing backflips. Like it's that scene from the blues brothers where it's, you know, have you seen the light? And you know, that uh, you guys seen that? No, no. no. Dang it. Okay. Never mind. Take it. Okay. Um, never mind. Um, <laughs> shoot. But taking that and in, it's like in, in, taken as an introspective, like, oh, I am judging these people. Um, but are, is the Holy Spirit like actually moving through them? I don't know. Um, and that's, I don't think that's something for us to decide. But what we can know is that if we allow ourselves to just like lay our hands and feet down, um, and like if that's what we're being called to do is to move and to engage in a different ways, um, it can be something that is really is super freeing, but it's like super scary to do that at first. Um, but I feel like it's like with anything you do it the first time, it's just like the rest of it. It's just like it's, it gets easier after that. Um, at least that was like for me with like personal experience, especially with like more spo- spontaneous like worship of like veering off a song um, and like making our own verses and making like our own chord progressions basing off things like that. Um, but a lot of it is just like, again, it's going back to the idea of a trampoline. Um, it's just like we have a plan, but if the Holy Spirit wants to move it some other direction, like we want to invite him in and have that freedom to just be able to do whatever he wants. Um, so I guess in a sense of what I'm trying to say is it's like having that freedom and spontaneity is more of like, you know, getting outside of ourselves and allowing the worship to become more for like Holy Spirit to come in and just like move the music himself, I guess. Yes, that's the idea I've been trying to like pin down in my head. Mm. Um, I haven't been able to like phrase it properly, but that's kind of what I was thinking. I was thinking too, um, while you were saying that, James, when you mentioned that prayer is, you say it was like the intellect or the will or? Yeah, it's an act of the will, I think. Act it's, of the will, okay. Mm-hmm. So just like prayer it, like, is an interior act, there's also we're also not just souls in a shell. Like we were physical people, we're physical beings. 
And so that's why there's a proper posture for prayer. I would not think that anyone feels that they are properly praying if they're like lounging on a couch. Right. Like it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. There's a proper posture when you pray. So I would say similarly, there's a proper posture or at least maybe like, yeah, there's a proper posture for worship. So it's not just this like intellectual or, or assent of the will that's like, ah, I like this music. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually like your body needs to respond Mm -hmm. as well. And perhaps I would argue that a correct posture is looks more like the crazy people with their hands up than standing still and Mm -hmm. not doing anything. And I guess like for the record too, like I am that crazy person. It's like, (laughs) therefore, like I don't want to call out my fellow crazy people because like sometimes that's just how it is, Yeah, (laughs) you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I like I I don't want like part of this conversation like people like to take this out of like oh if I'm putting my hands up I'm I'm a crazy person just like no if that's if that's what the Holy Spirit is moving you towards I think there's something that is so beautiful about that um, but also if you're the person who's just like would prefer to just like absorb and just be a sponge I think there's something that can be very introspective about that too because I am both people depending on my mood depending on what I'm going through depending on like song selection like all these things um so it's like it's fun to be on that spectrum but just have that freedom to like you know worship how you feel you're you're being pushed in the moment it's i think like the coolest thing so i'm just like tangenting about like a whole bunch of things but like what's been super cool this year is to learn that like from just doing different types of worship it's just like I've learned so much to just live in the current moment, not even like the five minutes before or the five minutes after, but it's just like wherever. And that's why we invoke the Holy Spirit so often. Um, and I get the entire, the Holy Trinity, like they always work in the current moment. They're not going to work an hour before you, you picked up that guitar or two days later. Um, I mean, they will two days later and they have in the past, but anyways, you get the point. <laughs> but it's just like where they're truly working is in like right now. Um, and I think that's been so beautiful to have the introspective, like when in worship, it's just like, Lord, like how, where do you want me to move? How do you want me to play? What do you want me to like? How do you want me to sing? All these things like this. And it's just like being fully present. And I think that is there, there's, there's an angle that you can take from that too of, um, of like spontaneity. And that's how it can just like be so much more engaging, like allowing ourselves to get into that state. It can be super difficult though. Um, because again, for like a long time, I used to just play music just to play music. Um, even if I was in like worshiping in, in a band, it's just like, let's just play songs and just like get this gig over. Um, and it's, I mean, since then it, I've, I've learned and I've grown and I've, I think I completely view it differently now, but like taking those experiences um, is still good. Yeah, and maybe I can make one thing more clear. I am nine times out of ten, I am that guy who's just like standing there <laughs> yeah, doing yeah. nothing. You're the sponge. I am yeah. the sponge, yeah. but I just have a desire to be more like the crazy person. Right. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't want to pretend like I am. I right. am the crazy person yet, right. but I'd like to get closer. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm definitely the sponge too. Like I can, I love come awake, but oftentimes I just stand there yeah. and just absorb yeah. all of it and don't really sway, don't put my right. arms up or anything, but. It's a beautiful experience. Right. And I, and again, like there's, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Um, cause like I do both and I think there's something that can be beautiful about both, but like at the same time, like, like 
I don't, granted this might've been a different context, but like they, like at Seek, I just have this like vivid memory of um, like the, the band that was playing before the talks were coming on. They were like doing a worship song and well, it it's the, I think God song. And I think it's, I can't remember if it's made by Damascus, but I think it's upper room. Um, they do a whole bunch of stuff, um, but they were playing it. And like people were like, there's a literal mosh pit. <laughs> so it's like, we're pushing and shoving each other. We all love each other. This is great. We're all brothers and sisters. But like, granted, this might be completely taking it out of context, but like, I've never been in a worship setting where it's just like, oh my gosh, I'm actually like at a concert, but like, this is all for the glory of God. Oh my gosh, this is so beautiful. What the heck is happening? Um, that might be like, maybe pushing the line a little bit too far um, of like, if that was actually worship or not. But um, well, in, in the same event, you sang at uh, Mass, and you did Gregorian chants, and <laughs> right. for a full Mass of the Dead for right. Benedict, Pope Benedict XVI. So it's like right. you, you had the whole range. <laughs> yeah. So. so even on a single day yes. at Seek, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just going through everything. So I, again, like, there are so many different ways to, to worship, and, I, and like, I think there's something so beautiful about just like being open to to different interpretations and again i think there still is like a certain context of like yes the gregorian chants in like having like i guess it was an electric organ i think or a piano like at that mass like there's something that is so beautiful about that um but there's also something that's super beautiful about you know just getting the drumsticks out and just going crazy and glorifying him that way um i think there there isn't a there isn't a one finite way to do it um but i think there are different there's just different ways. And mm-hmm. I think that's awesome. That's what's awesome about our faith. <laughs> mm-hmm. There isn't a single way to do things. So so what do you think makes the Gregorian chant and the organ um, so beautiful for a mass setting? Because it seems to me yeah. that doesn't, the Gregorian chant mm-hmm. and the organ don't really use our emotions as much as some of the other worship music uh, does. Right. I think for me, um, I guess like, I really only started taking mass seriously like when I was a senior in high school. Um, so I never really grew up with tradition. Um, granted, like where I come from, like our, our parish is beautiful. The music has always been just amazing. Um, but like I've learned to appreciate Gregorian chants more the same way I've learned to appreciate classical music, if that makes sense. Um, especially since coming to college, just it completely expanded my horizons on like what I listen to. Um, just I, th- I think it's good for a person to be well rehearsed with different types of music and how people like to express themselves. Um, but the same goes for for church music, where I never really listened to um, like your more contemporary like worship songs that like are on the radio. Like growing up, I do now because like I mean I have to. <laughs> but um, but no, it's and even like learning like. I th- I think I find the organs in the Gregorian chants of the world to be so beautiful just because for me, that's what tradition is. Um, and I never had that growing up. I never had, you know, I never had like the consistency of going to mass every weekend and being able to hear that until like I was a senior in high school and I started taking it way more seriously and just like being so curious, but then also taking personal experiences of like, what is, what, what do I feel that I can encounter God the most? Is it in this type of music or is it in different types or is it all these things? And I, I, that's veering on a completely different conversation as well. Um, but 
for me, the Gregorian chants and the organs in the church, or even just piano and just a voice, um, like that is like a taste of tradition for me, I guess. Um, and I just try to eat it up as much as I can. But I also like having uh, the, the, the four-course meal of being able to, to, to try different things too, just because I've always been so curious. I don't know if that answers it or not. No, yeah, I think that does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think too, maybe, like I also feel that it's, I, w- I didn't have that tradition as well. And I think when I see it, I'm like, oh, that, that just, it just seems right. Or it seems right. more traditional. Mm-hmm. And that's appealing to me. But I would also say a throwback to our What is Beauty episode. Here we go. Let's go. Like <laughs> the organ and chant and perhaps choir too, compared to, and not, not just contemporary music, but of any music that meets this criteria, it's, it's more beautiful to me and i think in some sense objectively because it it plays on that like what what is beauty kind of thing so it's yeah. it's um oh gosh i just went blank on what beauty is uh it's it's coordinated so it, the the tones and the pitches and the volumes are in coordination with each other and they're proper proportion so you know Okay, I love music, so I don't want to like bash it. But like, right. let's say eighty. I, I love eighty music, so eighties <laughs> music. So I'll pick on eighties music. Like, if you have a drum thing and it's just like overpowering the lead singer, I'm like, what, what? Or if you're singing so like grungy and like you can't even <laughs> hear the words you're saying, <laughs> it's like something's <laughs> out of place. Yeah, I think too. Um, those the melodies and the chord structures in that in like organ music and choir music and and the music used at mass it leads somewhere it's all a part of a journey and that just like when a song has an ending and it's all going to an ending you like you just like submit and you're along for the ride because we know it's it's like heading somewhere some let's say 80 songs they just like do the same thing over and over again or there's like four chords in the whole song and you just repeat it over and over again Mm -hmm. I love 80s music, but so I'll pick it <laughs> again. But then also I think there's a beauty of simplicity. So I'll even compare this to classical music, which I'm not I'm a consumer of, but right. not a connoisseur of. <laughs> Couldn't tell you uh Rachmaninoff from a Bach or anything. I don't even can know you, if Rachmaninoff. Can you identify a... light motifs from dark motifs? <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Nick, Nick there. That's awesome. Um, there's a simplicity. So if there's a classical song and it's got like four different violin things going, you know, like trills and yep. all this stuff going on, I'm like, stop, <laughs> stop. Yeah. I don't, I don't like this. Yeah. But the organ, there's like one voice coming out or with a choir, there's one, it's not four people singing. It's, I'm speaking of like a quartet, like four parts. Yeah. There's not four parts playing simultaneously. There's one part of four parts yes you know it's like it's like one thing Mm -hmm. and that simplicity to me is what makes it beautiful in a sense Mm -hmm. yeah i really liked how you talked about it's kind of an invitation to come along for the ride because it seems like it's inviting us into a mystery which is Mm -hmm. ultimately what the mass is like we don't actually fully understand what it it means for christ to become uh, present in the eucharist Mm -hmm. but it elevates us into kind of that like elevated mindset of Mm -hmm this place is incredibly sacred and it is mysterious. Yeah. I I feel like, I don't know. It's just like, we're coming back to that, 
that central idea of just like there's I, I don't know if there's not not the difference but like there's something that's so beautiful about the simplicity I think so I just wanted to affirm that mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so I have a question that's kind of been rattling around in my head is music um does music always inherently try to like play with our emotions like mm-hmm. is the purpose of music to uh create an emotional response in the person that's listening to the music. Right. I think without completely derailing this conversation, mm-hmm. because I easily could, um, I've from per again, taking from personal experience. Um, I just think music is an expression of it's an art form, but that has to go with the definition of like, what is art? Mm-hmm. And I've had, <laughs> and I'm sure you guys have had plenty of conversations along these topics, but it's just like, there can be what I've experienced and what I've learned through them um, is like music can take shapes in many different forms. Um, it can be like nursery rhymes and it can just like a song to just make a child happy. Or it can be like a country song where it's, you know, being with the boys, having bush light and, you know, Amen. driving the truck, which great. I love it too. Um, and there, there's a time and there's a place for those, for that music, but then there's always music for the mass and it's just, and, but there's also music for like, we played different, if we place music um, during adoration, like we have to be careful about that song choice too, or if we're just doing a worship night, like what can we play? Or like if we just want to rock out and just get all the guitars out, like it's it's all different expressions of art. Um, and I think it's different from a secular versus like a, a religious perspective. I think in the sec- secular perspective, I've always perceived it as like everyone has their own way of expressing themselves. Some people may take a song very seriously and p- just pour their heart and souls into it. And, like that is their work. But then also people are like, want to make comedic songs just to get a laugh out of it um, and not take it seriously whatsoever. But like that, I feel like is a completely different conversation from like the religious pieces of music. And it kind of goes back to that conversation of like song choice and lyrics in like their actual meaning I and mean, being very intentional with like the songs that we pick to listen, not only to listen to, but to like actually play for what, whether it's for liturgical reasons or for worship reasons or for X, Y, Z things. Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause yeah, I love, I love country music. And I think the reason why I love country music so much is so many of those songs are like very sentimental. They're right. very like sad. Absolutely. And they're like, they play on our yearning for, yep something but i don't want that like in mass and i'm right. trying to figure out why i love country music so mm-hmm. much but i find it repulsive in mass <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah so i i feel like that's 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 kind of what i was trying to get it's like you, we almost have to have that separation of like um of of what music is in in the secular sense it's like you wouldn't want to bring any of that into the mass with you unless like you want to bring those emotions to mass perhaps um that can be something that can be super beautiful and prayed over but um not maybe not the music itself i think yeah i think a lot of things about that but yeah Yeah. (laughs) i think too like it's not even just music it's like our attitude that we bring to the mass, mm. our clothing, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. like everything has a proper place and the mass has a place proper for certain things. Right. Mm-hmm. I feel like <laughs> you could almost say, I feel like the, like the sentence of like the blank is appropriate for mass. That 
like blank space could just be filled with a ton of different things, whether it's music, whether it's clothes, whether it's like actions that we do, whether it's how we pray, like all these different things. Um, but I think there, there's, I guess I don't really know where I'm going with that, but that's just like a thought that mm-hmm. like came into my head. It's, it's like, it's not only music, but it's everything else that, that we do too. Um, and I think there's, maybe that's the reason why we have to almost have the mass setting be more, um, I don't know. I mean, I love to use the word reverent, but I don't know if that's the right the right word to use. Um, and it's it's more of like the the conscious like thought of like okay, I'm intentionally doing this for mass instead of I'm just going to do this during mass. I guess I don't know. It made sense in my head. I think that's but, reverence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sweet. <laughs> I think we hit on everything I wanted to touch on. Jimmy, you want to ramble on about anything? What do you want me to ramble on? I could literally sit here all night. Is there anything you wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about yet? Anything in your Um, research? Well, I guess, like, I was just going through notes today um, in a speech by one of the guys from from Damascus. Uh, His name's Aaron Richards. Just awesome, awesome, awesome dude. Um, I think in terms of what we were talking about, I've already pretty much touched on the notes that I was having. Um, I didn't know what this conversation was going to look like. So I just like wanted to just have information to share. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, I think for me personally, I think just taking from like this year and how worship has changed, um, inside of me, um, as like a kid who just grew up on, on like rock music and just loved everything about things just being loud. Um, there's something that's so cool about having the the big band worship things, um, but but it's all about balance too, um, and learning to to still have silence. So I, well, I think like all worship is great, um, uh, but it's not the music is not just worship or like worship is not just music is what I meant to say. Um, there's many different forms. Um, and while I think like a majority of this conversation was about like how we use music for worship, there's also beautiful things about like, we need to have silence in our lives too. So as much as, as, as loud as like we can become, there's, I feel like our hearts are more, at least again, from personal experience, I feel like my heart is more formed way more when I actually take the dime to just be silent. I'm mean, try to find that solace, um, and take that like opportunity for silent prayer and not, not try to sing or not try to project but just just listen and see where god is um just moving my heart in and that can be like many 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 things um but i think i've i've grown so much by trying to find that balance this semester or like not even semester just this whole year really um yes yeah, so i don't know if we want to talk about that or not but yeah no i think that just goes back to the catholic faith is so awesome because it has both right it has loud um, songs, but it also has a ton of time for silence. Absolutely. And the balance is just what makes the Catholic faith so awesome. It's a balance of so many different things, but among them, the loud and the silent. Right. And I think what what's just cool about that too is that like everybody's balance is different. Um, more than likely, I'm I'm the guy who likes things loud and like blowing out my eardrums like that. That's what gets me. But for some people, it's just like the complete opposite. It's like 
people can find solace in just having quiet time and just like being present with the Lord. And I think there's something that is just so beautiful and glorifying about that too. Um, but a lot of, I, I feel like just majority of like learning as a musician is just like, how, how can I continue to walk with my personal like walk with Christ and like, what does that look like? And where do I find that balance? Um, and yeah, that's a completely different conversation. Um, but that, that's been a lot of the things that has been happening as of recent, I suppose. Sweet. I don't, like, I don't want this to end. I just want to keep talking. Like, seriously, like the, music is my life, like honestly. Um, and just being able to like, just have the chance to just like talk about it. Like it just gets me so fired up. Um, I, I don't get to talk about it often. Yeah. So, so perhaps I can attest to the listeners that Caleb, we live together. Yeah. And I'll come home sometimes, and there's just, like, Jimi Hendrix in my basement shredding and very talented, very good. And so how do you go from, like, just melting a guitar to praise and worship? Is it, like, the same switch, or is it different? To an extent, it kind of is, Um, but um, it's about mindset. Um, so let's just say, well, like I can literally take this from like yesterday. Um, we, we had some festivities at the house like this past weekend and we were able to, um, borrow a big speaker. (laughs) (laughs) You know who you are. (laughs) I think it was awesome. Um, but thank you. uh, But uh, maybe I shouldn't be saying this, but, um, I was able to, you know, plug my guitar into it safely for the matter. It mm-hmm. still works. Everything's mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but just like being able to be loud is something like, I don't get to experience that often, especially like living with eight dudes, which is beautiful. Like, again, that is a completely different can of worms. <laughs> um, but like in terms of like personal space, like I find for some people, it's like having that um, time for silence. For me, it's the complete opposite. Um, I feel like I'm allowed or like I, I feel fully free when I'm just being able to just be loud and obnoxious, but really it's like internally, it's more of like a personal thing where it's just like, I don't want to go out and play a huge, massive, just really loud show for thousands of people. It's just like, I want this time to be, this is how I'm going to unwind. Um, a lot of the times, like that's how I use music to just deal with stress and all these things. Um, and I think in terms of talking about the switch, it's like going from like playing like pop punk and just super loud um, stuff where I think there's a great place for that. And it's like the key to my heart. Um, uh, but like flipping that switch is it's something that comes natural for me because once you already start getting, I, I don't know, it's like it's like taking the roots of, again, like we kind of talked about earlier, taking the roots of a concert, uh, it's something that I just love going to and I just love live music and I just love like loudness and how full just like physically feeling music through speakers um there's just something that's so rejuvenating in that um and again that is like purely an emotion but like being able to feel that with holy spirit and with christ in is game changing and I'm not sure when that clicked for me um but it, it comes natural to me now it's like yeah being able to go and play music in our basement when the speakers are just stupid loud and, you know, it's rumbling the entire house to literally minutes after like going and like catching up with the band and just having some worship. Like that's just how I do things. 
Um, it's probably not normal, and I can recognize that. Um, but I don't want it to be normal because, like, that's how I believe. That's how God intended me to, like, to encounter him. Um, I think from when I started, like, playing guitar and, like, becoming more, like, desiring to become a musician more, um, it, it, I never, like, acknowledged that there was, like, something missing until... Like I started coming like back to the church in like my senior year of high school when I was really like, oh my goodness. Like when I play some of these songs like upstairs in my bedroom when I'm alone and it's like kind of emotional stuff and it's like talking about Jesus, it's just like there's there's something in my heart and I don't know what this is. Um, and it took me a while to like discern what that was. But um, especially it just feel like there was a catalyst that had happened when we went into the street in Ohio when it's just like fully being able to like realize it's like I can use my desire and my passions for music and like fuel that with Christ and it can just it's a completely different experience um it's almost like better than going to a concert if that makes sense because it's not a concert <laughs> it's like we're with we're with Holy Spirit with with the Holy Trinity like they're here in this place and it's like we're celebrating that and there's just something that's freaking awesome about that um, so yeah, in a sense, that's, that's the switch for me. <laughs> I don't want this conversation to end either. Like, uh, yeah, literally I can, this is, it's been my life. Like music is, is my lifeblood. When I don't have it, like I can, I can notice, but also again, it's all about balance. Um, I think some of the best things that I did for myself this year was like, you know, during Lent was like, I was very intentional about like what I was listening to, but then also just like taking a break from Spotify. Um, and also just like the simple things like taking my earbuds out on campus. I know it's like, it's kind of been like, like a, a pin cushion this year for a lot of us. It's just like, be more attentive when you're on campus. Um, but like, it was a game changer. It's just like, I can still have time to like, listen to some of my favorite music, but maybe just not do it as much. Um, because I think there is, there's a certain point where it's just like, if you're just filling your head with noise all the time that can just be very distracting and you don't have that balance of silence um you just don't see things like physically um yeah that that can get very philosophical pretty fast but <laughs> <laughs> um but no i think that's that's what i've learned it's like trying to find that silence has been really huge for me this year too and it's a hard balance especially when all i know is just like i just want to be loud um, but I think that's something that I've been called to try to discern like way deeper this year. And it's been really hard, um, but it's bought, it's bought a lot of fruit because it makes the silence makes you enjoy the loudness way like more, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it's like, well, I think that's too, like, I think that's what sin does really. Mm -hmm. Like it just, it tears down the peaks and it fills in the valleys. Like it's just, everything's just blech, right. bland, right. like a full vibrant life in the faith. The highs are high and the lows are low. Like you experience all of it. Right. And so I totally get what you're saying. Yeah. And people are weird all over the place. People and it's are <laughs> weird. <laughs> Normal is so boring. Right. Right. And, and, right. and there's just something that's so beautiful about experiencing both those, the peaks and the valleys. But it's just like, that's what I've learned a lot this year too. This isn't even like music related. It's just like, I think like through like discovering what worship was, it's like it allowed me to, it's like, fully be present and experience my emotions and not just use music as an excuse to run away from them. Mm. Um, and it's just super, super cool to be able to like have that introspection this year. Um, yeah. 
Okay, I got a question. You yeah. pricked my interest. Yeah. Um, you talked about how the Holy Spirit works through our emotions. Mm. And it seems like in the charismatic movement, um, the Holy Spirit is synonymous with an emotional response. And I'm very skeptical of that because if you don't experience any sort of emotion, then a lot of times we can intuit that that means the Holy Spirit isn't actually there. Right. Um, and I think this is a very personal in a sense of like, it's going to differ for everybody. Um, and I guess, again, like taking from personal experience once more, because that's like all I can do at this point. Um, I think there, there's a time where I had actually learned when we we're at this retreat at Damascus, it's like not everything is Holy Spirit driven. Um, there, there are times where like, if we're worshiping or having an experience, um, especially if, if you're leading, like if you feel this push to like do something. I don't know if like sing a certain lyric or something. Um, there, there is like, there's this constant, constant like discernment as like we're playing. It's just like, is this coming from the Holy Spirit or is this actually just something personal? Um, and I think it takes a lot of practice, like a lot, years and years and years and years of practice to be able to like have that tool, I guess, fine, fine tuned. Um, and I think for me as a very like nuanced um, worship leader, I, I don't like giving myself that title. I think it, it just sounds <laughs> yeah. like, I think there's something awesome about it, but like I never perceive myself as a worship leader, I guess. Um, because like I always perceive like when I'm in a band, it's just like we are a one band. It's kind of like going back to the choir thing of like we're a worship band. Mm. We're in like individually we're all worship leaders, but we're all leading each other at the same time. Um so that's that's my whole take on on the 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 titles, I guess. Um, but I can't remember what I was talking about. <laughs> uh, it takes a lot of ex- but, takes a lot of experience to yeah. figure out what is an actual movement by the Holy Spirit, right? Um, I think again, it's just continuously discerning, even when you're like again, it's like when we are fully present in that moment of the now. Um, it can be hard to discern of like, is this the Holy Spirit calling me to do something or is this becoming more of a performance? I mean, I think that's m- like, that's more of a question to like just continuously ask myself when I'm, when I'm up playing or if I'm like singing or doing, even if I'm in, even if I'm like not up there in, in a band setting and just like being there as a worshiper, um, like it, it goes back to that conversation of like being that crazy person um, in why like, if we're free from judgment on other people, that allows us to be more free in the moment. But then we also have to discern, is this, you know, pushing a boundary? Um, and yeah, I, I feel like that's just drives. I don't want to like default on like, we need to, it's more of an inter like personal. I don't have an answer type of type of thing, but like, I feel like it's, it's more um, yes. Like the Holy spirit is with us even like right now. But um it's, 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 again, it's a continuously discerning that it's like, is this something that, um, I'm being led towards, or is this something that's, I think I'm trying to, to glorify in, in ways that shouldn't be, I guess mm-hmm. that's, that's the oh. answer I'll give. Oh yeah. I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Holy spirit is always with us, but that does not mean the Holy spirit is always moving us in like Holy spirit is always moving us, but like we might be moving ourselves sometimes, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe a different question here. What what is there to say about the commutative as- aspect of 
performing music, let's say. Hmm. Because I'm somewhat of a singer myself. <laughs> yes, sir. And uh, That's a title you gave yourself. <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. Hasn't been confirmed. And I've done choir for several years, and I love singing, but I really only like it when I'm with people. Yeah. Like, I need a choir mm. to sing. Um, you know, call it stage fright, call it whatever. Right. Like, I'm just not interested in, like, going, like, you go down, I mean, perhaps it's because it lends itself to different instruments, but, like, yeah. you go downstairs and, and, you know, play guitar, like, I don't go in my room and <laughs> sing. Like, right. I don't know. You clearly have, like, a connection with music that's independent of other people. Yeah. And I seem to have one that's, like only I only find joy really when it's with other people, mm-hmm. especially when we're like singing different parts. Yeah, and there's harmonies and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I think again it goes back to like what we talked about, like how it's an expression of of art. I guess like mm-hmm. you like like to have that sense of like camaraderie in a choir, and I think there's something that's awesome that comes with that, um, especially if it's like. I don't know. There's something that like I've been in an all dudes choir for like four years here in college. And it's just, there's something about that camaraderie. You just Mm -hmm. can't get, um, with, with a mixed ensemble, like as a guy, like being able to sing in a mixed ensemble, there's something different that comes with just like singing with just like, just with the boys, you know, just guys being dudes (laughs) right? in choir. (laughs) Right. Um, but, but I think that's, again, that's, that's the beautiful part of like, we like, us as humans it's like we're not all the same person and mm-hmm. like we get different we have different experiences while they while we might be doing the same thing singing in the same choir perhaps but like we're experiencing it differently um and it just goes to show like everyone has their own ways to express emotions especially through music um and i think that's the beautiful part and that's why i love talking about it so much is because everyone has their own opinions and i think that's awesome and it needs to be celebrated so yeah <laughs> Sweet. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't want this to end yet. So what's your favorite band, I guess? First question. Okay. This is a tough question because, (laughs) like, I literally listen to, like, I always say, like, listen to, like, classical choir music to, like, everything in between to, like, rip your face, like, death metal, like, all that stuff. Stuff I I realize I probably shouldn't be listening to with (laughs) lyrical contexts and things like that. Um so like I like to say, what am I listening to now? <laughs> I think that's that's a better um, thing. But this this is funny. So we we can go over. I I, I like making notes of these. Um, there's this little thing called Recipify on Spotify, or like that like uses your Spotify data um, and like tracks your your listening. So my top artist not a sponsor. <laughs> no, it's actually not. But it's like this really cool open soft open source software that you know it, it is open source, but it's it's cool. You should check it out if you have time nice. and if you have Spotify. Um, but um, so my top ten bands because I can never pick. I literally can never pick yeah. one. Um, have been Bendigo Fletcher, which they're like a folk band. Um, they they genre hop a lot though. So like I don't. I mean like folk indie is like a very generic genre, but like they go on like just acoustic stuff. Um, to like full like big band like if Bob Dylan had a rock band type of thing okay. it's like yeah. it, they're fun um, uh, next one is Greta Van Fleet um, and they're more like I mean the, I don't want to bring up this controversy but like they're like Led Zeppelin but like if they were made uh, back in like 2017 
So like they have that, it, it, it's, it's weird. Like it's almost like neoclassical where it's like, it sounds like classic rock, but it's like a brand new band. This, I'm going to get super excited about this stuff. They're like, ah, oh, this tickling all my, my fancies. But um, the, the third artist for the month is Lizzie McAlpine, who has been like, since my, I think my freshman year in college, um, has been like my celebrity crush. Mm. Um, just a just a beautiful singer-songwriter. Um, um, she, she used to go to school at Berkeley in Boston, and she's just an amazing songwriter, like phenomenal guitarist, like, all those musicians that come out of there, like I don't think they ever get enough credit just because like there are some just stupid talent that comes out of that school. And it's like, it blows my mind. Cause like not only can she sing with like a lot of emotion, um, but her lyrics are just like crazy. But then also like, she's just such a talented musician too, or like instrument wise. Um, like her guitar stuff has been super fun to learn. Um, the next one is, uh, well, I'll just like touch on a couple other ones. Um, so like, all right, we went from like folk to rock to like more folk. I've been kind of in a folk kick recently, um, to big wreck. They're a Canadian band. Um, uh, they, they were particularly popular in the nineties. Um, just super, super fun. Um, and then Van Halen's up there too, for me this month. Um, and Metallica's up there cause they put on a new album. Um, not that they need a shout out, but, <laughs> um, and then tiny moving parts has been one of my consistent most consistent bands that i've listened to since i've been in college they were my last concert before covid i'm like days like i went to i went to i don't know like if i have to like i don't know anyways i i went to i went to a movie on campus I, i'm trying to like not to name drop because i was picking up on that um but so like chilling at cyclone cinema you know? <laughs> <laughs> with some friends um, I can't remember what movie it was, but this was back when I was a freshman and this band was playing and I was like, wow, I kind of like this, but like, I don't know what it is. It's kind of catchy. It sounded kind of like, I don't want to say it sounded like Blink-182, but it had like the pop punky vibes and I was like, okay, I kind of like this. Um, and I looked them up and I was like, oh my goodness, they're coming to the M shop in like a few days. I got to go. This is going to be great. Whoa. So listen to all their music wow. in their, this, mm, okay, before I get started, you ever seen that, that... <laughs> You ever seen that meme of uh, <laughs> the Monsters Inc. meme of like Mike Wazowski next to Sully and he's like doing like this thing? I'm gonna pull it up <laughs> because <laughs> this is literally me every time I talk about music. Oh, and, he's trying like, to explain something, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just just for context, uh, I I need to spell his name correctly. <laughs> Mike Wazowski. <laughs> <laughs> no, not the one with the eye. Um, shoot. Explaining. Me. Get it. This one, this one, this one, this one, this one. We need to get video. Yeah. Um, okay. Just me. It's black screen until we, the, the yeah. memes come out. So this is this is the picture. You know, yeah. he's like sitting here. He's just like <laughs> doing one of these things. Like this is literally when I when I talk about music and like I don't know. Sometimes it just drives people crazy. And you got you got like your Sully there who just and, and Ross who could just not be any more interested. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, we opened up a can of worms, so I'm gonna start talking about it. Um, no, uh, there's this so tiny moving parts. Went to go see them, fell in this huge rabbit hole, and they're part of this genre called Midwest emo. And I'm like one of the biggest. <laughs> what a name! I'm one of the biggest promoters of Midwest emo, like that I know of, like amongst my friends. Everyone's like, "What the heck is that?" Well, I can tell you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, like back in the '90s, 
um, like punk and like emo music was like getting popular, but there was like a very like sub genre of of like artists that were making music. And oftentimes it wasn't just like I'm just gonna like make some some whiny music about you know a topic and just play the same four or three chords the whole time. It's like let's put super intricate borderline like classically inspired guitar playing give it in like a clean channel on electric guitar still talk about like the same like edgy and like sad topics that an emo song would have but throw it all together and you get like midwest emo but like there was like the reason it's called midwest is because there's like a group of bands from like ohio and like minnesota and like other parts of the midwest i don't know big popular bands from other parts of the Midwest. well like i guess michigan is actually a huge part of it too um and it's like all these bands like collectively kind of made the same sound. And I guess like this is literally how any genre happens. But like this is like one of my all-time favorites. And I think like the reason I'm so – I get so fired up about it is because like it was like the last concert I saw before COVID. It's like that was like a traumatic – I mean like that year was traumatic for everybody. Um, so that's why I just love this stuff so much. But anyways, these guys are awesome. Uh, Tiny Moving Parts, I can, I can like literally never talk about them high enough because like they're just so cool. Um, and th- I mean they've had controversy in the past. But um, they're just a local band from Minnesota, small town called Benson. They're just cool dudes. Um, I've seen them like three or four times live. Um, and I've met them at, after every single show. Like they're just super chill. They're always willing to just like meet fans. Um, I went so far as to like see them in, in Birmingham in the UK when I was like out there this past spring. Holy cow. Like, so I was just like, I'm like mega fan <laughs> of these guys. Um, but no, I, yeah, there's just something about it. I don't know. It's like, I'm sad. I'm locked. Like I'm snowed in for the weekend. I don't know what to sing about. My heart's broken. I don't know why, but I got this electric guitar and I want to play some like really complicated riffs. That's about it. That sounds good. That sounds great. I just had my uh, um, my milk moment, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see if people. people Midwest reference. emo versus milk juice. Milk juice. Not, not juice. Not juice. Not juice. Not juice. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, I have a feeling people are going to be like, "That kid is weird," because <laughs> Midwest emo. What the heck is that? And that's my point. It is. It, it's not for everyone. It's definitely not. But I say, give it a shot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Life's too short to not listen to anything. You know. I think. Oh my gosh, I could, I mean, this is also like, it could stem a whole topic about horror movies too, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but like we hit another vein. I'm such a, I'm such a weird dude, but it's fine. Um, like I think for me, I've learned to like take a lot of music at face value because I think there are avenues of music that can get borderline, like very sketchy in like lyric context and like what they're actually promoting and things like that. Um, but like as like in high school like i i love to listen to like just heavy metal like and just stuff that would scare the crap out of my grandma you know um but like for me it was always like the emotion that came with it and i think that's why i've always loved music so much um but i think like maturing i don't even say maturing because i'm not saying that like that music is inherently immature because i think there's a lot of like hard work and there's a lot of talent that goes into making music like that um and i'm not trying to demonize like well, <laughs> you, you know what I'm, I guess you know what I'm trying to get at, but like, 
I love heavy metal so much. It's like, it is such, it's always been like such an emotional response for me. And some people may perceive it to just be like super angry and all these things. But like for me, like a lot, especially with the lyrical context that I've learned in these past, like this year after like taking a deeper dive into like, what am I actually listening to? Like, what am I surrounding myself with? Um, it's, it's almost like the same niche that I get from horror movies. It's just like, yes, they're talking about some interesting topics that I probably would never bring up here but it almost makes me want to not d- desire them less, but the music is so epic, but I'm not like trying to relate to what they're trying to sing, I guess. Mm. I don't know how to say it. I've never had an open space to talk about my emotions in heavy metal, so this is kind of weird. <laughs> Raw. <laughs> but th- these, these are the inner mechanisms of my mind yeah. at the moment. <laughs> so take that as you will. <laughs> but... I think we will. Yeah. I think I'm one of the biggest supporters of heavy metal, even even if even as like a Catholic dude. But on the flip side, there's also heavy metal worship. And you want to talk about moshing in a worship <laughs> setting. Oh my. Uh, yeah. I found it. Yeah. That was a rabbit hole I went down a couple of weeks ago. That was super weird. I came back. We just I, it was either from from a worship event that we put on or it was just like a practice. And I was just like, I'm in the mood but for something different this time. And so I threw on, um, I think it's Psalm 46 that originally was done. Just an, it's just a beautiful song. It's a beautiful Psalm too. Um, but like someone did like a metal cover of it. And I was like, this is amazing. And we just like entered into like a completely new realm of like capabilities <laughs> here. So just as the choir master. In <laughs> <laughs> so again, take that as you will but I could literally keep going. So just cut me off whenever you want. <laughs> no, we got, we got no limit. It's awesome to see how passionate you are about it. It's so fun to listen to somebody that's passionate about something. Yeah. yeah. I think for so long, I was just, at least growing up, I never had, um, I was always afraid to share my passion of music with people just because it's like, it's all I know for, for so long of my like formative years. Um, and I like, I thank my parents for that a thousand percent. Like, um, like I am the way majority of the reasons I am the way I am today is because of just like how supportive they me were with me and music. Um, and just like, also like my family has been just, we've been super blessed to have, um, some very talented musicians like come down from like my family history. I mean, naturally just passed down to the grandkids and things like that. Um, but just being able to just like jump with it and just like dive deep on like, what is my thing? Um, and like music is definitely that. And I just like, I feel like I'm able to connect on like a brand new level with people when I can just like talk about it and not be, I've learned more recently that if I'm not afraid to like share, like, yeah, I do like listening to some of this music and it might scare you. And if you don't like me for it, that's okay. (laughs) I still love it. And like, it's, it's a good way to, at a very minimum, just like start conversations with people. Um, yeah. And like by going to concerts, like I'm able to meet people from all different backgrounds um, and just like make friends that way. And I think there's something that's super cool from that too. Um, Like, yeah, going to, like I went to a good amount this past fall, but like they'd be at the same venues, like multiple weekends in a row type things. And you just see the same people. And it's like, there's a community here. Um, But also like trying to take that into like a worship setting. Again, this is where Caleb talks in circles, but it's just like, I don't know. There's something that can bring music can bring people together in, in ways that 
other ways that I haven't been able to see like done in from personal experience, I guess. Um, and I just like love running with it um, as much as I can. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah. Sweet. We good? Should we you call want? it? Should we call it? I don't know. I'm having too much fun. I don't want to stop. <laughs> literally, I, this... I could literally just keep talking and talking and talking. Yeah. How long have we been going? This might be a new record. Yeah. We're almost at 90 minutes. All right. Take that one and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've, of like total time, no, I think you'd be, because this is like 99% usable. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. A lot of times it's maybe 20% usable. <laughs> oh, yes. No, I'm kidding. No, I, I know. That's funny. So, well done. Dude, like, I, I'm i just super happy to be here. Like, seriously. Yeah. Do you ever listen to country music? Oh, dude, I love country music. Okay. My whole mom's side is country. Oh, yeah? So, All like, right. like, I... To be honest, I even have frequent conversations with my dad about it. He's like, where the heck did you pick up the metal kick? And I was like, no idea. <laughs> like, genuinely, I don't know. I think, like, in 10th grade, there there, there was a t- <laughs> It was, like, it was so far beyond, like, g- getting into, like, the scene, like, emo kid music that I was like, no, I'm rejecting what... I'm rejecting the, the mentality of like like it, it's the idea of like the emo kids like they would just reject everything. It's like I'm rejecting that even further, <laughs> and I'm just gonna like listen to like just just the most horrific things ever. And it's just like I don't know. There's just like pairing like I don't want to call it trauma because that is like almost like glorifying it. But like pairing like experiences in high school like with that music, it's just like you just learn to love it. I guess. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Although I can appreciate it from a much completely different like setting now, because I've like matured more, um, and I listen to different things now. D- even like I listen to the same bands differently than I used to, if that makes sense. Um, but no, yeah, it's just it's been funny because I, I think one of my good like friends just showed me alone. The, I mean, like I don't I don't know if we can talk about like Slipknot in church, but like that was like the game changer. It was like the gateway drug to metal for me. Just these weird dudes that just threw on masks and performed in jumpsuits and just jumped around stage and beat each other up. Like, I was like, there's something about this. I don't know what it is, but I really like that. <laughs> it, was, it was weird. But I mean, hey, everyone's got their way of uh, expressing themselves. <laughs> and the rest is history, baby. And through just taking that and now i listen to metal worship and catholic metal it's pretty cool there's not a lot of songs in catholic metal maybe there's a uh maybe, maybe that's a thing there's a need maybe there's a need there's a whole a new market mm. yeah it's a blue market it has been something that's been on my mind I, I think there's not a day that goes by that like um where i don't want to be in a band um like a band band um but at the same time i think just having the experiences i've had here with doing worship band stuff it's just like i don't know why i do anything different um i think i think there's something to be said about like being in groups and doing it for fun um but i just know how difficult it can be as like a small like startup band like it is so difficult and it's like i'd rather be doing it if i'm doing that i'd rather do it in a worship setting where it's just like we can abandon all those fears um instead of just like crap 
we don't even have enough money for the dollar tacos from Taco Bell tonight <laughs> after the gig. You know, like that. That's hard. That's really hard. And that's and that's why I go to so many concerts. Oftentimes they're like the ten dollar shows at the hole in the wall, um, just because I think it's so important to support local artists or just to support small artists that like I love. Um, but it's just not easy. It's it's something I've always desired to do, but I just have tried and tried again to like write music and I'm like this is just so difficult <laughs> so i guess in that sense it's made me appreciate it even further too um but yeah that, i think that's just what's so fulfilling about being in a worship band it's like it's a feeling that like longing desire i've always had in my heart to like even as a young kid it's like i want to be able to like play music but then like taking that and like maturing with those thoughts like through like my time in college and just like actually like taking it to worship is like probably the most glorifying thing that i can do with my gifts um which is just super cool. Um, so I guess I just encourage, if anyone is still listening at this point, <laughs> if you are a weird kid like me, um, like seriously, just, it's so cheesy to say, you know, follow your dreams type of thing. Do but it, like, do it. Do it. Take those dreams, but like also look deeper into them and, f- and try to find motivation for what they are because they might change if you mm-hmm. take it to prayer. Um, but in a, in a beautiful way, most likely it's going to be ways you don't expect, but, um, that's, what's been super cool about this year is to discover like what worship really means. Um, so yeah, Sweet. I, I think those can be my final parting <laughs> words. I don't know. I can just keep going. <laughs> so. Well, it's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you again, Caleb, for joining us. Uh, it was absolute pleasure to yeah listen to you and like james said your passion is just infectious um about music and performing and and worship and we certainly learned a lot and uh hopefully our our listeners did as well so yes thanks guys thanks for having me this is fun to everyone listening um please like and subscribe to the podcast leave a comment if you have any questions um emails in the for the mailbag is in the description um and until next time have a blessed day 